New Vision is a church that places high value on Scripture. The Bible is made up of 66 books, and in this next portion, we're going to be going through a few of those books as a church family. We hope this tool encourages you and equips you to lead your life well. Thank you for joining us today. Well, hello, Todd Briner here, and today we're discussing and reading Exodus 28, 15 through 30. And we've been kind of in a bigger section where God gives Moses the description and the guidelines for how they are to build the tabernacle, the place that he would dwell in and the place that they would meet him in. And we're on to the high priest and the high priest garments. And today we're going to look at the chest piece that is made or the breastplate, depending on your translation. And Today in Exodus 28, 15 through 30, we're going to read that from the New Living Translation and then just kind of point out maybe a couple things that I think this teaches us about God and our relationship with him. So verse 15 says, then with great skill and care, make a chess piece to be worn for seeking a decision from God. Make it to match the ephod using finely woven linen embroidered with gold. And with blue, purple, and scarlet thread, make the chest piece for a sing- of a single piece of cloth folded to form a pouch nine inches square. Mount four rows of gemstones on it. The first row will contain a red carnelian, a pale green peridot, and an emerald. The second row will contain a turquoise, a blue lapis lazul, and a white moonstone. The third row will contain an orange jacinth, an agate, and a purple amethyst. The fourth row will contain a blue-green peril, an onyx, and a green jasper. All these stones will be set in gold filigree. Each stone will represent one of the twelve sons of Israel, and the name of that tribe will be engraved on it like a seal. To attach the chest piece to the ephod, make a braided cords of pure gold thread, then make two gold rings and attach them to the top corners of the chest piece. Tie the two gold cords to the two rings on the chest piece. Tie the other ends of the cords to the gold settings on the shoulders pieces of the ephod. Then make two more gold rings and attach them to the inside edges of the chest piece next to the ephod. And make two more gold rings and attach them to the front of the ephod below the shoulder pieces just above the knot where the decorative sash is fastened to the ephod. Then attach the bottom rings of the chest piece to the rings of the ephod with blue cords. This will hold the chest piece securely to the ephod above the decorative sash. In this way, Aaron will carry the names of the tribes of Israel on the sacred chest piece over his heart when he goes into the holy place. This will be a continual reminder that he represents the people when he comes before the Lord. Insert the Urim and the Thummim into the sacred chest piece so that it will be carried over Aaron's heart when he goes into the Lord's presence. In this way, Aaron will always carry over his heart the objects used to determine the Lord's will for his people whenever he goes in before the Lord. And so as we read that, and there's a lot of details and a lot of stones, and some of the stones, we still have no idea what they really are or what what. They were. They were obviously a stone that was available to them in those times. But I want to just kind of point out two verses that stood out to me 
and got me kind of thinking about a few things in relation to our relationship with God. In verse 21, it says this, each stone will represent one of the 12 sons of Israel and the name of that tribe will be engraved on it like a seal. And so each of the 12 tribes, the 12 different tribes of the people of Israel was represented by a stone and the name of that tribe was written on the stone. And so on the ephod or the chest, on the chest place on top of the ephod that the high priest would wear, who at that time was Aaron, the original high priest, was the name of each of the tribe. And then it says this in verse 29, in this way, Aaron will carry the names of the tribes of Israel on the sacred chest piece over his heart when he goes into the holy place. This will be a continually reminder that he represents the people when he comes before the Lord. And so each of these stones had the name of the tribe engraved over the heart of Aaron, the high priest. And so when he would go into the holy place, when he would go to represent the people, he was always reminded that he was representing the people before God, that he was the representation bringing their needs, bringing their sins, bringing their things before the Lord. And so it's really a picture of what Jesus does now. Because as you know, Jesus is our great high priest. It says this in Hebrews. It says, so then since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weakness, for he faced all of the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Hebrews 4, 14 through 16. Said, said another way, Hebrews 9, 24, for Christ did not enter into a holy place made with human hands, which was only a copy of the true one in heaven. He entered into heaven itself to now appear before God on our behalf. See, Aaron was going into the tabernacle, which was the copy of the true one in heaven. He was going to the holy place, which was the copy of the true one in heaven, to represent the 12 tribes whose names he had on his chest. Now, Jesus, currently, right now, as we speak, as you're listening to this podcast, is appearing now before God on our behalf, on our behalf. But I want to go back to that chess piece because the chess piece had the names of the tribes because Aaron, the high priest, was going in front of God on behalf of those names of the tribes that were on his chest. And now I want to say this, Jesus goes before God not for the names of the tribes on his chest, but for the names of the people who know him. In John chapter 10, Jesus says this in verse 3, The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. 
Jesus calls his sheep, his people, his followers by name. He knows their name, much like Aaron knew the names of the tribes and was constantly reminded of them by the breastplate or the chest piece that he wore. In John 10, 14, it says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and they know me. Verse 27, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. See, when Jesus has become your shepherd, when you've put in your faith and your trust in him, when you've begun a relationship with him, he knows your name. You are his sheep. They know, we know him for his sheep, and he knows us. And so a question I wanted just to kind of leave you with today is this. Is does Jesus know your name? Does Jesus know your name? Because for those of us who are known by God, who knows who Jesus knows our names, he is representing us right now in front of God on our behalf. So does Jesus know your name? Are you one of his sheep? Have you became, has he become your shepherd? I want to read for you guys a a verse, and and it's kind of shocking. And it's one that I I've really been challenged by at different times in my life. It's Matthew 7, 21 through 23. You may have heard this verse before. It says, not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesy in your name. And cast out demons in your name and perform many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. See, these are talking about people that maybe knew about God and and did some things for God, but were never known by him. That he never knew their name. They were never one of his sheep. They had never made Jesus his shepherd. Now, I heard this verse and probably studied it for many, many years, but something stood out to me when I read it a couple of years ago. Notice what the people say. They say, say, Lord, Lord, we prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and your name performed many miracles. And notice what Jesus says. He doesn't deny any of the things they did. He doesn't deny that they prophesied. He doesn't deny that they cast out demons. He doesn't deny that they perform miracles. He doesn't deny that. What he says to these people is, I never knew you. See, they did a bunch of things for Jesus. They did a bunch of great works, great accomplishments but they never were known by Jesus. Jesus never knew their name. They had never made Jesus their shepherd. And so today, as you are just go about your day, as you just 
listening to this podcast, I want to ask you that question again. Does Jesus know your name? And you can be sure today that Jesus knows your name if you put your faith and trust in him. If you've turned your life over to him. If you've given him your all. If you've asked for his forgiveness and accepted his death on the cross to account for yours, then he knows your name. And if he knows your name, you can be confident that right now he is going to God on your behalf. Father, I thank you for this great truth we're able to look at today. I thank you that you are our great high priest that stands before the Father on our behalf. But God, I pray, Lord, that if there's any listening that don't know you and you don't know them, have not yet made you their shepherd, that they would do that today, knowing it's not about what we do or what we've accomplished, but what you've done and that sacrifice you made on the cross. Just pray this in your name. Again, thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you Monday.